Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. I am Clive Enever, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Kim Speed about how to turn clients and customers into your best sales team. Now, Kim has a little bit of experience in this field because she's a brand visibility expert, a speaker, a creative director. She's the recipient of the 2019 Most Influential Businesswoman in Brand Development and Amazon best-selling author of Branding on a Shoestring. Kim has also worked with Fortune 500 clients, including Coca-Cola, TD Bank, Ford, and Molson Coors. And in 2009, Kim started her own business called Purple Moon Creative. Hello, Kim, and welcome. Hi, Clive. How are you? Absolutely top of the world. Thank you very much. Delighted to have you here, but I got tired reading that. How did you go putting it all together? <laughs> well, it's been a few years. Uh, it didn't come together all, all at once, um, and it took uh, a bit of learning and uh, experience along the way. But uh, I've had a great time, and I've had some great teachers, and uh, that's why I'm still doing this. Excellent. And 10 years in Purple Moon Creative. Now, we know that, uh, and look around the world, these figures don't change much, but in Australia, 65% of businesses fail within the first three years. And in the next two years, there's another great clump of them disappear. As I say, that's pretty much the same around the world. So if you've been there 10 years, you must be doing something right. What do you think kept you at it? Well... I do say in the first three years, it was a struggle, um, but actually finding uh, um, help, getting mentors, getting coaches, being open to learning um, was probably one of the best things that I did. Um, finding people that could help me with things that I was not an expert at, things like uh, financials and um, uh, <laughs> admin things that I didn't know and I thought that in the beginning that I was all that and knew everything <laughs> so you know coming down to earth and re and uh, realizing that I'm just the person like everybody else and uh, I take it one step at a time um, I think that that led me back onto the right path and uh, then it, that helped me to help other people. And that was the biggest thing is, you know, having success for me also meant helping other people be successful as well. Now, Kim, you've worked with some pretty decent sized businesses there that I mentioned earlier. And um, a lot of people, when they go and start their own business, find that it's really exciting for the first quarter perhaps <laughs> and uh, thereafter things start to get a little bit uh, more difficult 
what was it that stopped you from running back to corporate world? Well, <laughs> leaving corporate was not my by choice. <laughs> I never ever expected or dreamed of becoming an entrepreneur. It was um, what I call an accidental entry. And that's because um, I actually lost my job, Clive. I was working at an agency and we lost a huge client and we had a downsizing. And at that time, it wasn't something that I was going to leap into entrepreneurship. It was I was actually looking for another job. But I got to spend a lot more time at home. And during that time, I spent a lot. I had uh, my children. I had two daughters at home and they were young. And I spent a lot more time with them. I got to see, you know, I got to be part of their lives. Like, fancy that. That's <laughs> a know? novel idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was a mom and I hardly saw them, you know, a, a little goodbye in the morning and, you know, oh, get home and put them to bed. How crazy is that? And I actually spent a ton of money to get somebody else to do all of the fun stuff with them in the day to get to know their friends, to take them to activities. And a light bulb went off and I said, I don't, I don't want to miss this anymore. This is ridiculous and I'm not paying somebody else to do this. And I didn't actually know, Clive, what I was going to do. I just knew I wasn't going back to a full-time job that was going to take me away for the majority of the time. <laughs> so uh, I had to figure well it done. out. Well done. And, um, so over time, ideas started to foment in your mind. They did. So I, um, because I came from the world of uh, advertising and marketing, I went out and I offered my, my services to people that I knew for freelance. And that worked out for a small period of time. And then it was actually a small business owner that approached me and she asked if I would help her because she had been working with an agency and because she was such a small business, they weren't really giving her the time of day. And um, I kind of understood because she really was small and they had these big clients and the big clients pay their bills, but um, she needed some attention and she had an opportunity for me. So we worked together and we had a great time and I was able to help her brand and market her business and launch. And um, she had some great success. She actually has three locations now. So we're very excited for her. Um, but that's when I had this epiphany that, oh my gosh, I can actually help other people with their success and help them launch and help them to grow and bring value to a smaller uh, company with the expertise I have from some of the larger companies I've worked with. So that's how I started out and realized, you know what, this is who I'm going to be working for. And that's when the business really started to develop. Yes. Yeah, so notwithstanding, there might've been things that you weren't familiar with. You were familiar with the how to in terms of doing the job and you were able to deliver a result without the back room of 20 or 30 or 50. Exactly. Yes, you get very resourceful. <laughs> very resourceful. Um, and then you get very humble and you do a lot more things that you wouldn't have done before, um, you know, including 
cleaning. (laughs) 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 Um, But what I did find was that taking that, you know, um, mentality of helping people and helping um, people connect with their audience, so their specific audience, and figuring out how to bring an experience to their their audience, their clients, their customers, and create something that they knew that uh, was a value that they um, they offered and that they could um, be paid for, help them to start to build these businesses. And when they created a, as Seth Godin always says, if you create a brand that gives people a, a set of expectations, memories, and relationships, then you've got a winning brand that people will choose over the competition. And that has always stuck with me. It's not about what, I'm a graphic designer by trade. So I'm always about, you know, visuals and um, color. But the first and foremost is really about building a foundation and it's building the um, meaning behind a brand. And that starts with the experience that you're offering and who you're offering it to and making sure that those two connect. And that's why I have always said that one of the best things that you can do to have a successful business is to make sure that your clients are happy, that you give them what they want, you know what they want, and you um, know who they are. So if you know all of those things and they're happy, the, the best thing that comes from that is that they become what I call your loving, loyal fans. And those loving, loyal fans are the ones that go out and start to talk about you to their friends and their colleagues and start to bring in um, other prospects to you, other leads. They, in essence, become your biggest and best free sales team. Like, that, that is the best um, financial move you could make. <laughs> Indeed. I see, uh, as I've seen for many, many years, people still asking for advice about how to turn their uh, customers into raving fans and novel idea that it is. I think you've just covered it uh, delightfully. That is um, find out what they want and give it to them. Exactly. It's, it's really quite simple, (laughs) but there's a lot of people that won't spend the time and actually research it and, you know, go out like, when I started, one of the best things I ever did was to go out and start to talk to people. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are uncomfortable, um, you know, networking and talking and starting up conversations. You know, it wasn't like I was really great at it, but if you just think of people as people and go up to them, not in a sales manner, Go up and just start conversations. Find out what they're doing. You know, um, could they be people that you are are possible prospects? If they are, you know, find out wh- what is their business, what is what's happening in their life, you know, that pertains to what you do, and just chat with them. 
they'll they'll chat back. They'll start to open up and they'll give you tons of information. And it's what you do with that information that's key. Now you're you're full of these novel ideas, Kim, because I understand from various people that I, I talk to that if you go along to a networking event, the, the place is actually full of uh, frightening people that you daren't approach. <laughs> not true? Well, not true at all. <laughs> like, people, they're just people. <laughs> and, they, and half of them feel more scared than you. And they want somebody to chat to. So if you go up to them and start a conversation, they're thrilled to death. Yes, indeed. We Most people don't go to a networking event to frighten people off, do they? No, no, exactly. They're there for a purpose and everybody is looking, you know, to make a connection. Um, so start the conversation. You know, have a few things that you can start a, a general conversation with. That's, that's the key. And then when you can start to put all of this information together that you're getting, things like that you're hearing about, a lot of times you hear the same similar things over and over again. That's when you know you've got something that you can create an experience, um, an offer, a product that helps those people. And that's when you're going to have good um, success. And Do you think that somewhere along the line, Kim, we've fallen out of the, or moved away from the ability to have a conversation? Because at the end of the day, without meaning to lessen or, or denigrate the, the craft, marketing is only a conversation, isn't it? It completely is. And it's all about, really, it's all about how you communicate a message to somebody so that you're not getting complicated, you're making it clear and you're making it simple that they get it fast. You know, so many people want to add fluff. And I, I say that too, because I did come from the world of advertising where, you know, a lot of times we did want to make it fluffy and fancy. And, you know, then we would be knocked down saying, because it didn't work. <laughs> you know, the fancier we got, the less it worked, strangely. <laughs> We thought we were so clever. <laughs> <laughs> always surprised me, Kim, through the years. And, I, of course, I see it today, that people do want to add that fluff. And yeah. uh, the way that I look at the world, all it's doing is it's giving people an opportunity to find a reason to not like it. It's true. And with people today, it's even more important to be clear and simple because everybody's so busy and there's so many messages. I always like to explain it like, think about sending your customer into to Times Square in New York City with all the signs and all the lights and all the noise and people around. That's what it's like f with information these days. People are just bombarded. And you know they are actually trying to figure out what not to pay attention to. That's actually what they're working on. So don't be one of those things that they're pushing aside. Be something plain and simple and say, like, be a beacon of, you know, this is who I am and you need me. <laughs> That's all you need to say. <laughs> and, of course, those who do need it will hear it, won't they? Yes, because usually they're hearing it when they do need it. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, if somebody doesn't need it, 
they won't hear it. And in not hearing it, they're not going to take your time, are they? And that's key. Like, you don't want to be wasting your time either, you know. Precisely. So very important that we get that message out there the right way. Now, um, a little bird told me a few stories about you, Kim, about you helping people. Branding on a shoestring. That sounds like um, helping people that aren't going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> and no, um, it's not about doing things for free, but it is helping a small business owner get started with um, the right um, investment. So there's a lot of things that a small business needs to do in the beginning, but it can be convoluted and it can be very confusing when people say that, you know, um, you need to um, have, you know, spend a lot of money on your website. You need to spend a lot of money on a fancy video or you have to, you know, get specialists on SEO and there's all kinds of different tactics you can take. And yes, they will, you know, eventually at some point need to do some of those things. But in the beginning, it's a waste of time unless you have a foundation that's solid and you know who you are, what you do, who you do it for, and what is your message that you're getting out there. You know, the logo, the colors are not going to matter if you don't have that. <laughs> Indeed. And when we, many of us, we go into business and we've got these rose-coloured glasses on, no filter, um, and that huge number, at least four figures, possibly five, maybe six, looks very attractive because that's the marketing that's going to put us on the map. Yes. We've just got to figure out perhaps that if we are starting on a shoestring, that's where our marketing had better start. Is that what branding on a shoestring is actually about? Yes, it's actually about being smart about it. You know, don't, um, don't try and spend all your money all at once you know take a bit see what works but make sure that you have that solid foundation of you know what is this like do you have an offer do you do something that people want so making sure that you know what that is then start to build your message and um you know how are you putting that offer out how are you going to find your people where are they I would spend more time on research than I would on making it look um, pretty. It's interesting. I think, uh, was it Abraham Lincoln or one of his uh, or people around about his time who said that if you, you give me uh, two hours to cut down a tree, I'll spend the first hour and a half sharpening the axe. I love that. <laughs> that research is uh, what it's all about. And uh, you're, you're talking my language, research, research, research. If we actually know enough to build the right foundation, we actually find the right people coming to us to do business. Exactly. 
Exactly. And we don't and I, have to have all that fluff. We can tell the simple story and they will hear it. That's right. Yeah. So, now that's really difficult for we people who have egos. How are you, how are you going to convince us, Kim, that we don't have to have this great big fluffy story? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a matter of actually just being reasonable and, you know, thinking about it. Like most people in, that I work with, um, as I said, if they're starting out, they don't have huge budgets. They're not the people that have, you know, gone to venture capitalists and, and got huge sums of money. They're usually trying to bootstrap and get an idea out. They have a, a product that, or they have a service, a skill set or something that they already have that they are either passionate about or have been thinking about for a long time. And they know some people that have said it's, you know, worthwhile. So now they need to find more of those people. So it's a matter of taking a little bit of time, investing a little bit of money and testing things out to see you know, what works. And like I said, that's when you shouldn't be fancy because if you're going to get fancy, it's going to waste a lot of time and then take and that away from getting also, to market. Yeah. The fancy can often hide an otherwise good message. Yeah. So if we do the right research, we'll actually find the right message. Is that how it works? Yes. That and is very found helpful. The right message, once we found the right message, just go out and deliver it mm -hmm. in a language that the ideal customer will understand, is it? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that you can do on your own without, you know, um, having to uh, invest tons of money. Um, start with helping, like, create creating that message. I'm not saying that you don't need help understanding what to do. But a lot of times you know what you should be saying after you get uh, your, your ideal client down and you know what you offer. How can you say that simply? Like a lot of people I see on their websites, it's just nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. And people, all they want to do is know they're in the right place and they're going to give you two seconds. Yes, indeed. That's right. Um, <laughs> And to highlight your point there, I was working with some people a little while ago and um, whilst they understood what it was that they did, they weren't entirely clear on who their ideal client was. However, they had a tagline, which we won't go into, but the tagline I thought was really handy. But when we added two more words to that tagline, it actually became an identifier for anybody who wanted precisely what they provided. The problem with that those people had, of course, was that they thought it had to be what you're talking about. It had to be some fluffy thing. Uh, and, and what they'd done was they'd managed to not see what they already had. They were looking for something that didn't really exist. Yes. So 
No, I'm I'm with you 100%, Kim. Let's find out just precisely what it is we do, who we do it for, how we do it, etc., and find a very few words to say it. Yeah, very the faster you words. can say it, the better. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. So, what is it about what you do that makes your technique so powerful? So, one of the things that I like to do with um, my clients is once we actually get them going and they start to find uh, clients and customers, the thing that I always talk about that's going to help them grow and, and scale is to actually build their credibility. So let's think about it this way. Imagine you were going to go and try a new restaurant. It, you have probably either been referred by a friend or a colleague that has tried it already, or you've gone online and um, you've checked out the reviews. Because we want to know that it's the right place to go or that I'm going to like it or that, because I want to know that other people have enjoyed it. It's the same thing with your business the way to get more people to come and use your product is for you to have some credibility. And to do that starts with some testimonials. And the best way to get testimonials, Clive, is a system that I, can, I, I was taught and I have continued to use and now I share with my clients. And that is to, when you're finished a project with somebody, so many people will go out and say, will you give me a testimonial? And clients will say, yes, yes, sure. It was great. I loved you. But time will go on because everybody has lives and everybody's busy and they forget. And then you, you feel kind of, you know, funny trying to, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but you ask them again and, oh, yes, yes. And I found a better way to do this is to actually go and, um, if you have a chance to meet them in person and have a coffee, you know, show them you appreciate that you've worked with them, that's great. I, I try to do that as much as I can if I'm um, in the same location as them. If not, I'll set up a video conference with them and just take some time and I have some set questions. And I ask them how they enjoyed working on the project together, what value they got, um, you know, it, did they think that uh, it was going to be anything different? And, I, and just get some feedback, which also helps me to improve my product and my service. But then in the end, I asked them, you know, a key question, like, what is it that, um, what is the best value that you got out of this for your business? And, you know, I just sort of let them answer. And then I go, thank you very much. I take that information away. I take the content and I rewrite it into a nice statement. I send it back to them with a thank you for your time. Um, during our conversation, this is uh, something that you had said. I would love to use that as a testimonial, testimonial. Would that be okay? And they either usually say yes or they, say, they add to it because they're so thrilled and say, oh, yeah, but I'd want to you know, say this as well. 
and I get the best testimonials that way. So excellent. Yeah. And plus you can also get great feedback for what you could do better in your process and et cetera. That sounds awfully like inviting people who uh, actually use your business to give you clues on how to run it. (laughs) Well, yes, (laughs) in a sense. And, And of course, many people are too frightened to do that. Yeah, they don't want to hear it because they, they're afraid they'd actually have to change something. Yes, and uh, at the end of the day, uh, it's the people you're doing it for who actually decide you're doing it right because <laughs> if you're not doing it right and they don't tell you, uh, you're not going to have many people for very long, are you? Exactly. So we've got to learn to ask questions and uh, I'm delighted that, that you use that technique and uh, you know, probably even more importantly than that is you're starting right at the start, asking lots and lots of questions to allow, and doing research to allow yourself to, to help these people build a foundation, as you said, because if your foundation's right, it's easy to ask that question of, of uh, testimonials, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Funny how it all starts at the start. <laughs> but what about somebody who has um, a large number of customers in their business but they don't actually interact with them can they still use a technique like that yes so there's a lot of um, small businesses that have um, large amount of clients that would be using their products daily that they couldn't actually do this or they could choose one or two but um, the best way to do this is to actually set up a survey online and I've done that with some of my clients too which has resulted um, with some great feedback and you can easily set that up with a you know survey monkey or type form and um, send it electronically with a thank you. Um, If you're not getting enough results, then you can actually offer an incentive like a $5 coffee card or something like that, just to get people to fill it out for you and get that feedback. So you can still get similar information. Just a matter of how you approach it. Mm -hmm. Right. Indeed. This has been a very handy conversation, Kim. We've uh, covered all manner of business. And I think we need something else from you, however. What is the best tip you have received, Kim, from a business conversation? The best tip that I got in the, probably early on so that saved me was to not try to do it all myself and actually get the experts involved. And when I say that, for me, that meant getting financial help so that I knew my numbers. (laughs) And that could be something different for somebody else, but definitely don't try to do it all yourself. Concentrate on the things that you're good at and get other people who are good at the stuff you're not to do that, eh? Yes. Excellent advice. But what is the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today, Kim? So my top 
piece of advice is to actually um, get um, a business coach, mentor to work with, to help you. If you want to stay in business and grow your business, get the help that you need. And don't be afraid to ask for that help. Excellent advice. Most importantly, Kim, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? Well, they can reach out to me at my website at purplemooncreative.com. And uh, I'd love to connect with any of your listeners. Excellent. And uh, that's uh, very simple, purplemooncreative.com. Yes. Nice, easy one to find. There's no special characters in that. It's purplemooncreative.com. Yes. Kim, this has been a great conversation. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Clive, for having me. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to talking with you again soon. That would be wonderful. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au. 